Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
ימים כבר אין עוד כוח, לפעמים הכל נורא. יש ימים שבא לברוח, יש ימים שאין ברירה. אל תדאג, יהיה בסדר, בסוף הכל עובד. עוד רגע זה מגיע, אתה כבר מתגבר. מתפלל בכל הכוח, רוצה לבכות ממש. זה הלב שלא שוכח, אני ניסה נרגש. פתאום מתוך החושך, עולה מעט האור. כל הצללים ינוסו, פתאום אתה גיבור. יהיה בסדר, השם אוהב אותך. יהיה בסדר, השם שומר אותך. יהיה בסדר, אין שום דאגות. יהיה בסדר, הכל יכול לקרות. יהיה בסדר, השם אוהב אותך. יהיה בסדר, השם שומר אותך. יהיה בסדר, אין שום דאגות. יהיה בסדר, הכל יכול לקרות! יש רגעים אני שוקע צולל כל כך עמוק, מחפש את התשובה, הולך כל כך רחוק. אל תדאג, יהיה בסדר, בסוף הכל עובד. עוד רגע זה מגיע, אתה כבר מתגבר. נושא עיניי למעלה, אל עבר ההרים. מתי תשמע קולי, קורא לאלוקים. פתאום מתוך החושך, עולה מהטהור. כל הצללים ינוסו, פתאום אתה גיבור. Thank you. 
Bye. 
לפעמים קשה, צריך נחמה, מתפשט הפחד, ממלא את הנשמה, לא קל להתמודד, ונראה שאין מוצר, מחפש כתב לתמיכה.
J.M. in the A.M. Good morning. Welcome to a Thursday on this day number 30 in the month of November. Could it be that a month from now we will be in 2024? Yeah, basically. We have one more month to go for this year. Hard to believe. And for us, the calendar year is important because our uh, deadline for our big fundraiser is December 31 or December 29th if you want to go with a weekday. And I take this opportunity to thank everybody who's been so generous over the last couple of days since we kicked off our 
40th anniversary year-end campaign. Thank you. Anyway, I divert because uh, my point was that it's the final day of November and the calendar keeps moving. Day number 17 in the month of Kislev. Can you believe that a week from tonight, one week from tonight, we will begin the amazing holiday of Hanukkah. And this is a month of miracles, Kislev. It's a holiday of miracles, Hanukkah. And let us hope, although, of course, we pray that they are released way before that, I think everybody involved would say if we knew they're all home by Hanukkah, we would take that right now. I think even the hostages themselves would take that if they were guaranteed. So let us continue to pray that over the next few days, more and more hostages are released and that our hostages are all home in the next few days. Avi Peretz, brand new with Ani Mamin. You heard the Baal Shem Tov, Nigun, and uh, Ki Karov done by Eitan Katz. Isaac and Ruben that Shalom Aleichem. Eitan Freilach with Ami Yisrael Chai and Eitz Chaim. Micha Gammerman's Bowie Kala and Yeyeb is said there. And of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Thursday, everybody. You know what that means? It means there is an incredible lineup here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I know that uh, every one of our, um, uh, of our presenters have brand new programming that will be airing uh, all throughout the day, including uh, Miriam L. Wallach at 1030 with a great show coming up regarding an important cause in Israel. that starts at 10.30 this morning, Eastern Time on That's Life. Uh, speaking of Israel, Simon Jacob with the brand-new show, The Kosher Terroir, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mark Zamek has prepared a completely new Kedem presentation of the Erev Shabbos show for this coming Shabbos of Parshas Vayishlach, and that's going to be happening starting at 7 p.m. tonight, plus again at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. tomorrow here on NSN. So we're talking about a very, very solid lineup. Add to that Yossi Zwag, of course, and the live lunch at 11 a.m. Eastern time and so much more programming, including Charlie Harari, Allison Jacob, Allison Josephs, rather, and um, uh, our uh, throwback Thursday. And you end up with an incredible day that continues with incredible programming all the way through Tani Gutterman, who will be on at 10 p.m. Eastern time with Tani Talks. Parsha. So when we say on Thursdays, no need to touch that dial, boy, do we mean it. Want to give to our campaign and you haven't yet had a chance to do so? Go now to fjbunity.org. I would love to announce your pledge and your donation during this show. fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and I thank you. Brand new Rogers Park. You're listening to JM in the AM. Just a bit of light from your friends to make the darkness play. Guess what? 
seems so typical. I think you're own individual. Listen to these words and count all the syllables. Sunday circle with my friends, it's a ritual. One day I was lost in solving the puzzles. Stuck in the mud and stepping in puddles. My team picked me up when we got in a huddle. And my team is all y'all. The only thing that we can do is be kind. Talking and laughing and bonding combined. I'll be your friend and you can be mine. Hit the button, rewind. Now I sit back and I think about time. Remembering all the mountains I've climbed. Feel like a hawk cause I'm soaring and flying. Now look at me shine. When darkness surrounds you, no need to submit. Though it may seem heavy, you need just a bit of light from your friends to make the darkness play. Guess what? Guess what? It's gonna get lit. We may have our troubles. Via 
כשהבוקר בא, זה מתגשם, אין מילים אשר יאכלו עוד לתאר מה רבו כל מעשיך השם. אז תודה על שנושם, על זכות בעולמך להתקיים, שלכל אדם ישנו מלאך שומר, שאור גדול תמיד דולק בחשיכה. כולם יודעים שאין עוד מלבדך כל דקה הייתי יום שבו נולדתי עד מותי, אותו עפר שבאתי אליו אשוב, את העיניי נושא אליך כשעצור, הכל רכב אליו אני, לוקחים איתנו מעשים טובים, טוב שמי שמן טוב, מה שנשאר, שבלב תמיד תיבר האמונה. קדלם שמיים, אוחז חזק בשתי ידיים. וכשנופל וקם, נופל וקם, קורא לך בורא עולם. וכל זועק עד לב שמיים, אמתר לי ברכתך כמים, שלעולם לא תעזור. אבא שלי, וזועק עד לב
JM in the AM. Moshe Dweck, Nofel Vikam, here on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Uh, Avram Freed with Ani Mamin before that. That was by request from listener Judy Landy. She wanted to dedicate that to someone, dedicating it to uh, the people that took her home last night, Hani and Zalmi Z, the Hassan's cousin. They were at a wedding, quite obviously. Baruch Hashem, thank God. Rogers Park with Get Lit, brand new for the uh, holiday of Hanukkah 5784. Hard to believe that um, the holiday of Hanukkah begins one week from tonight. Hard to believe. And as I said before, hopefully this month of miracles will lead to some miraculous episodes over some more miraculous episodes. Yeah, that's true. You have to you have to remember that. With the way that the enemy usually behaves, it is miraculous that we have some of the hostages back already. It really is. You have to remember that. Thank God he's watching down over us. Uh, the Gaza war is on hold, according to the Jerusalem Post, for another 24 hours with eight captives eight captives set to be freed tonight. So that list of uh, released hostages will grow. Not fast enough, but they'll grow. Three people have been murdered as the enemy continues its attacks within Israel. It's not just on October 7th that the enemy is attacking Jews inside Israel. It's even today. On the 30th of November, as uh, three of our uh, brothers and sisters were murdered by two terrorists who were eventually killed by police and a nearby civilian in Yerushalayim at a place that all of us have been to, I don't know how many times before. The... um, the man who was murdered in the attack was 73-year-old Rabbi Elimelech Wasserman, who served as a rabbinical judge in the rabbinical court in Ashdod. The, uh, one of the women murdered in the attack was Hannah Ifragan, the principal of Beis Yaakov Benot Hadassah in Beit Shemesh. And Lavia Dikman, a 24-year-old woman from Harnof, was named as the third victim. And, of course, there are others who are Injured, we saw the report from Shari Tzedek Hospital earlier as they are caring for those who are injured in the attack. And uh, it is yet another one of those days in Israel where three innocent civilians have been killed by murderous terrorists. And this is in addition to the suffering that's happening um, in so many other places, whether it be the hostages, whether it be our soldiers, whether it be those who are sitting Shiva this week in Israel for soldiers and civilians who have been killed. It's the Israel-Hamas day 55 of this war. And uh, our brothers and sisters in Israel continue to need our help and our prayers. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and AlchemSingle.com on the AlchemSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Our good friend, Dr. Jeffrey Gurak, is going to join us coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. He is author of the brand-new book, Marty Glickman, The Life of an American Jewish Sports Legend. 
You can't imagine how pertinent the Marty Glickman story is to today. You can't imagine. And we'll talk about the brand new book with our good friend and my mentor, Dr. Gurak, who's expected in studio in this hour here at JM in the AM. Galaitzal in the background. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast is next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. גלי צהל השעה שתיים. שלום רב, באולפן אהוד גרף עם מה שקורה עכשיו. פיגוע הירי בירושלים הבוקר. בשעה זו מתקיימת בהר המנוחות הלווייתו של הרב אלימלך וסרמן, שנרצח הבוקר בפיגוע. הלוויותיהן של ליביה דיקמן וחנה איפרגן יחלו בשעה הקרובה. מדווחת כתבתנו בבירה, נועה פרנס. רבים מלווים את הדיין הרב אלימלך וסרמן בדרכו האחרונה לחלקת הר תמיר שבהר המנוחות, שם התאמן. בשעה הקרובה תחיל גם הלווייתה של ליביה דיקמן, זיכרונה לברכה, משכונת הר נוף בירושלים להר המנוחות. חנאי פרגן, מנהלת בית הספר בנות הדסה בבית שמש, תובא למנוחות בעוד כשעה. הלווייתה תצא מבית ההספד הספרדי בהר המנוחות בירושלים, שם תתאמן. כתבנו לענייני ערבים ג'קי חוגי מעדכן כי חמאס פרסם תגובה לפיגוע בבירה וטען זהו מענה טבעי לפשעי הכיבוש חסרי הקטקדים בעזה, להרג הילדים בג'נין ולפגיעה באסירים בבתי הכלב. בתוך כך, לפני כשעה, פיגוע דריסה בבקעת הירדן. שני חיילי מילואים נדרסו ונפצעו קל במחסום בקעות. המחבל חוסל. מדווח כתבנו ביהודה ושומרון, הוד בראל. המחבל שהגיע ברכב לכיוון מחסום בקעות שבבקעת הירדן, סמוך ליישוב חמרה, דרס ופצע קל שני חיילי מילואים ששהו במחסום. לאחר זמן קצר, חיילי מילואים נוספים שהיו בזירה הגיבו בירי ונטרלו את המחבל. כבישי תנועה באזור נחסמו לתנועה. ראש ממשלת ספרד בעוד התבטאות נגד ישראל. לא מכבדת את החוק ההומניטרי הבינלאומי. מדווחת כתבת חדשות החוץ, איה אילון. בראיון לטלוויזיה הספרדית אמר ראש ממשלת ספרד פדרו סנצ'ז כי מה שאנחנו רואים בעזה אינו מקובל. עם התמונות שאנחנו רואים והמספר ההולך וגובר של ילדים מתים, יש לי ספקות רציניים שישראל מציית לחוק ההומניטרי הבינלאומי. כזכור, בסיום ביקורו של סנצ'ז בישראל בשבוע שעבר, הצהיר כי הרג חסר הבחנה של אזרחים חפים מפשע בעזה הוא לחלוטין בלתי מתקבל על הדעת. יום ההוקרה הממלכתי לנכי מערכות ישראל ופעולות האיבה. עידן קליינמן, יושב ראש ארגון נכי צה"ל, אמר ללוסי אריש, חייבים לפעול מיד לשיקום החיילים. לארגון נכי צה"ל זה לא חדש המלחמה שאחרי המלחמה. השנה אנחנו בחרנו כמובן שלא לחגוג, אנחנו לא יכולים תוך כדי לחימה ולא גם לא רוצים. מה שחדש במערכה הזאת זה קודם כל העצימות, מעל 6,000 פצועים. אלפיים כבר הוכרו כנכי צה"ל, בדרך כלל במלחמות. אתה אומר קודם נילחם ואז נטפל בפצועים. הפעם אנחנו אחרי רפורמת נפש אחת, חלק מהמסקנות זה שלא מחכים, מטפלים מעכשיו ומיד. מזג האוויר, טמפרטורות רגילות לעונה. מיד אחרי החדשות, המשך המשדר המיוחד של יומן הצהריים עם נורית קנטי מבית החולים שיבא לציון יום ההוקרה לפצועי מערכות ישראל ופעולות האיבה. אלה החדשות שעורכת מאיה שוקן.
J.M. in the A.M. with Havremo Habain Yakir Lee shall show us before that with Mehera. J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast on this final day of November, day 17 in the month of Kislev. Believe it or not, holiday of Hanukkah one week from tonight. Amazing. National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir used the uh, terrorist attack in Yerushalayim today, which... Uh, murdered three victims, three of our finest, to exemplify why handing out guns is important. The headline was, Ben Gvir, Jerusalem terrorist shooting, shows us how guns save lives. Hard not to agree, frankly. Ophir Tsarfati, one of the Israelis kidnapped by Hamas from the uh, party in Reim, was killed in captivity, Tsarfati's family was informed today. The Kiryat Atta municipality where Tsarfati was from expressed its condolences to the family and another one of the people who we thought was being held alive as a hostage. Now we find out actually was killed by the enemy. Hashem Yikam Dama. Um, rocket sirens sounded in northern Israel Thursday morning, warning of an unidentified aircraft. I'm assuming that the follow-up story about the drone launched from Lebanon that was intercepted over northern Israel Thursday morning was the reason for that, for that um, uh, red alert in the northern part of Israel. The victims of the shooting attack in Yerushalayim, which took place to the entrance of Yerushalayim Thursday morning, Rabbi Elimelech Wasserman, a prominent Dayan from Ashdod, 73 years old, Chana Ifragan, a prominent Beis Yaakov principal, 64 years old, from Beit Shemesh, and Lavia Dikman, 24 years old, from Harnof. Uh, the, uh, the pain continues. Uh, yeah, exactly. Those, those, those people who are writing online that uh, the October 7th attacks continue, it's, I mean, essentially the same thing. They, they get out of the car, start shooting people. Basically the same thing they did during the massacre, just an isolated episode. That's the only difference. Two Bedouin hostages are set to be released today among the eight that are being released um, on Thursday from the hands of Hamas. 
And um, the two terrorists in the Jerusalem attack this morning were, in fact, killed by uh, security personnel and civilians who were on the spot and were armed and were able to neutralize the enemy. JM and the AM Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I want to thank those who have been donating to our campaign. We had a really nice day yesterday in terms of uh, interest in our worldwide community and audience keeping us going, and it's much appreciated. Robert Rogoff, who is actually in Beit Shemesh, a double high donation. Thank you. Abraham Skaletsky, double high. Dr. Fred and Dr. Sherry Grunside, $250. Chaya Lipschitz Chai, Aliza Pilchik, a $10 donation. Anonymous, a $100 donation. Our good friend Jeremy Stamen, honored to be friends with Nahum and Yigal Siegel since way back when we... <laughs> since way back when, and then he writes, <laughs> no need to get specific. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time ago, Jeremy, and thank you for your donation. <laughs> Rochelle Niren um, says, thank you, Nachum, for coverage of the war in Eretz Yisrael and donated. Uh, Davida and Gilad Ginsburg, who are celebrating the birth of their Bihar, the bris was literally this week. I want to thank Davida and Gilad, a 20 times high donation for all the amazing work NSN does for Jewish unity. And as uh, Davida said to me in a text, hey, we couldn't pass up the opportunity to get an autographed copy of your book. <laughs> so thank you very much for that. <laughs> Sarah Kasdan says Mazel Tov on 40. Looking forward to more broadcast celebrations and milestones. Thank you. Madeline Shapiro, longtime listener and the mother-in-law of... Uh, of a prominent member of our staff. Thank you for your five times high donation. And a big thank you to everybody. First of all, thank you to those who've become ambassadors for our campaign. If you want to become an ambassador, the link is right in the middle of the page. Just go to fjbunity.org. Again, fjbunity.org. We're at $31,500, a really, really nice kickoff. And I thank everybody responsible for that kickoff, a really nice kickoff. And I've gotten some amazing and incredible messages, which I appreciate so much. And uh, let's just keep on going. Let's just keep on going. Um, Let's just keep on going is right. Dr. Jeffrey Gurak is going to be in our studio this morning, and I'm very excited about that. I'm excited for a variety of reasons. He's one of my favorite people. He's he. If, if I have a mentor, it is him. Uh, I always call him my mentor, and I and I certainly, I certainly uh, believe that and acknowledge that and thank him for that. He's the author of a brand new book, Marty Glickman. Now, those of you of my age and around my age, you know, people between, I don't know, 45 and 85 in that area, anybody in that age range who's a sports fan from New York knows who Marty Glickman was. The funny part about the biography of Marty Glickman is how relevant it is to today. So Dr. Gurak wrote this book, Marty Glickman, The Life of an American Jewish Sports Legend, and we'll get to discuss it this morning here at JM in the AM. And I'm highly recommending the book. If you're looking for a book for a kid for Hanukkah, 
who loves, you know, Jewish sports or who loves reading about, you know, people in the sports industry who are important to our community, get this book for them. Order it and get it for them. If they're a reader, they'll absolutely love it. Marty Glickman, The Life of an American Jewish Sports Legend. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old World Classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. Modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO. And try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. As everybody walks in for Shabbos Hanukkah, make sure you have one of those uh, A&H uh, Hasselback salamis made so that, uh, you know, at 3 o'clock Friday afternoon, everyone can enjoy a little pre-Shabbos snack. They'll thank you for the entire Shabbos Hanukkah. Trust me. <laughs> I've seen that happen, by the way. More coming up at JM in the AM. Thank you. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Avram Rosenblum and Diaspora. It's called Nachonli B. Shlomo Katz before that here at J.M. in the A.M. Hey, Nisim Black is in concert this coming Saturday night. It begins at 8 p.m. at the Tilly Center at LIU, 720 Northern Boulevard in Brookville, New York. One Israel Fund is presenting it. It's a live show for Israel, lighting up the night. A benefit concert for Israel with Nisim Black this coming Saturday night, 8 p.m. at the Tilly Center, LIU, 720 Northern Boulevard in Brookville, New York. And um, uh, there are a whole bunch of uh, links we've seen to purchase tickets. You could certainly contact the uh, One Israel Fund in terms of buying tickets for Saturday night. It's also a Ticketmaster event, so it's on there. And um, I hope that uh, yet another concert for Israel has a massive crowd. This one coming up on Saturday night. JM and the AM on a Thursday morning broadcast and I thank you all for tuning in. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevran Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Tehillim, Elev Arechev ve'elev Asusim. Some come with chariots, some come with horses. Va'anachnu, however we... B'Shem Hashem Elokeinu Nazker. We come in the name of Hashem. That's what we call out. Hema Karuvinafalu. They slump and they fall. Banachnu. However, we come Nuveni Soidod. We arise and we're invigorated. Hashem Oshia. Hashem save us. Hamelech Ya'anenu Vyom Karenu. The King that answers us on the day that we call. The Sharei Rachamim explains the sequence of these psukim. Elev Arechev ve'elev Asusim. The Umas Olam, all the nations of the world, they think that their success in war is dependent upon Rechev Asusim, their artillery, their weaponry, their war chest. We, however, even though we are Matzliach with the Rechev Asus, with all of that, we call out the name of Hashem because we realize Hashem Ishmochama, that Hashem wins the battle for us. In the eyes of all the nations, Hemakaro Vinafalu, they fall and they slump. Vanachtu Kamnum Nisodod, and we stand tall and are victorious. They think that it's our Koach. However, we say Hashem Hoshia. That Hashem saves us. The King answers us on the day that we call. It is because Klau Yisrael, all of Klau Yisrael, as one united force, calls out to Hashem in tefillah, and Hashem answers our tefillos. Just yesterday, one of the Rebbeim had gone to give a bracha to one of the courageous, valiant soldiers guarding the border. When he gave to him a bracha, after he was finished, 
the Rebbe lowered his head, placed the hands of the soldier upon his head, and said, please, give me a bracha, bless me. The soldier blessed him. Mi yodea, who knows, the power of a bracha, of one soldier, of one member of the IDF, Tzva Haganali Yisrael. May all of the hostages come home safe and sound, take off a miyad. May every soldier be matzliach in their mission. May they all return home safe and sound, take off a miyad. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. So brilliantly related Ultimately high On that first page of our story Till the time our parents were created this brother came Through a blow so mad and chilling Tragically he never did recover Oh, it's really so insane All our selfishness that's killing That stranger who's our sister and our brother So listen, brother, listen, friend Just a little smile, a helping hand And we all Joined in to heal him, and each one shed his tears. They all shared in the legacy of their Rebbe through the years. Never judge another and help all those in need. Fear Hashem above the one that sees. So look beyond the outside. To that which lies within See what someone could become Instead of what he's been Share the light of Torah Ignite the spark inside Reach out and share that special gift of 
Simplicity, how his words reach you with sensitivity, and your eyes recognize as never before that the dream that he prays for is yours. Miles apart, close at heart, feel the bond as one from the start. Although mountains and oceans are in our way, we are joined from the time of that wondrous day. When at Sinai we learned the path we would take, that the chains of our past would never
Baruch Levine calls that his Achtos medley from an album entitled Off the Record. JM and the AM, it is a Thursday morning broadcast. And, uh, oh my gosh, many, many, many weeks ago, we had planned on uh, bringing my friend and mentor into our studio, Dr. Jeffrey Gurak. He had just finished, uh, he had just completed the biography of Marty Glickman. And as I said earlier on the air, if you're a Sports fan in New York between the ages of, I don't know, 40 and 80, then the name Marty Glickman really means something to you. If you want a great Hanukkah gift for anybody, uh, including young people out there that love reading about great Jewish sports heroes, then this is a great book. And Hanukkah, I remind you, is a week from tonight. The book is called Marty Glickman, The Life of an American Jewish Sports Legend. And before we introduce Dr. Gurak again to this audience... I will remind you that the Jewish Sports Heritage Association and Temple Israel out in Lawrence, New York on Long Island invites you to attend an in-person and Zoom book and author event with Dr. Gurak. It's happening the night before Hanukkah. I have to assume that books will be for sale there. Uh, starting at 7.30 p.m. this coming Wednesday at Temple Israel in Lawrence, which is on Central Avenue out in, um, in the five towns. Uh, it's uh, it's free of charge. Uh, they are asking everybody to register in advance. It's pretty easy to register. You want to contact Alan at the following email address. It's A.H. Friedman, F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N. Again, A.H. Friedman, F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N, 142 at AOL.com. So it's A.H. Friedman, 142 at AOL.com. And again, the event is Wednesday night out on Long Island. And again, as I said earlier, if you're in that generation that I'm smack in the middle of between 40 and 80, uh, and you have any recollection of anything that happened in New York sports <laughs> during that period, the name Marty Glickman is very significant to you. And I really do want to recommend, especially if I know what it was like. Remember, I'm the guy who dreamed about inducting David Kufeld into the Yeshiva University Hall of Fame, and that dream was realized. So you can imagine when I was growing up how I was thirsty for Jewish sports heroes. If you know a kid, I don't know, starting at eight years old, all the way up until 30, uh, who has the same desire, loves to read great uh, books about Jewish sports heroes, pick this one up. It's called Marty Glickman, The Life of an American Jewish Sports Legend. And with all that, I say welcome to my Teenex studio, Dr. Jeffrey Gurak. Good morning, sir. Well, thank you very much. Uh, good morning. And it's, it's always a pleasure to be with you. You've been kind enough to interview me with my other books. And uh, this is a very special book. But you know what? I have to contradict you a bit yeah. and tell you this really is not 
about a sports book. There's a sports component to it, okay? It really is a book about American Jewish history, which is my field of study over the last, I've had, I've been privileged to teach at Yeshiva for 48 years, so I've been around for a while. Uh, it really is more than just a sports book. It's a book about the quest of a second generation American Jew who grows up in Brooklyn, who wants to make it in the American world and all the problems he has in a variety of ways. And you know what? Uh, more than all the stories of people, you know, I, I always tell the story that Monty Glickman was one of my heroes. I listened to him on the radio. And in fact, uh, one time during a game, uh, he said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if uh, you want the Giants to win, Open the, open the windows of your apartment or tenement and yell out, go Giants, go, go Giants, go. So I ran to the window, opened up the window and screamed, go Giants, go. My father said to me, what, what in the world are you doing? I said, Marty Glickman told me to do it. So I, I did that sort of thing. Uh, Marty Glickman was a guy who I listened to in a transistor radio under, uh, in my bed. Yeah, I, I need to, by the way, make that clear to people who aren't familiar with his career. He, he was an athlete, but much more well known for being an incredible broadcaster down the road. And yes, you're right. And by the way, I would argue this is been a Gurak problem for his entire life, that often people uh, associate you with sports stories and sports legends and don't realize that you're really telling a story of American Jewish history through some of those figures, through some of those themes, like the YU sports story, etc., etc. So this is something that you've been fighting your entire career. And the fight is not for myself, uh, but to use sports as a metaphor for understanding the American Jewish experience. You know, if I was interested in opera or interested in the theater, that's a metaphor. How do, how right. do operatic people or theatrical people yeah, try you do to, the Streisand book. And you do, the Stry, right. do the Streisand book. So, <laughs> sure, there's, there are a lot of great stories sure. about Marty Glickman as, as an announcer, but more importantly, and I think for this audience, more importantly, the Jewish story of Marty Glickman, and there are two or three major pieces to right. the story that I want to talk about, if you don't mind. Yeah, we'll get to all of them. I, I, I have to say to you, it's not lost on you. See how enthusiastic I am about having you here, but it is not lost on me how different this conversation is going to be today than if it would have taken place when we originally planned it. Because originally we were planning this for the week after Shemini Atzeres. Right. And then, of course, things got, you know, everyone's attention was turned somewhere else, obviously, to our brothers and sisters in Israel. But it's so interesting. I, I read the book back then when you had sent me, it sent it to me digitally. And then, of course, I picked it up in the interim and looked at it again, literally looked at it again yesterday, didn't read the entire thing. And I'm saying to myself, wow, this experience that so many people in the United States are going through now, being in schools with anti-Semitic mobs and rhetoric that's very uncomfortable, especially on the college campuses, but as we see even in high schools in New York, which he went to. He went to a New York high school. Teaneck, you're sitting in Teaneck. You know what happened yesterday? There was, a there was an anti-Israel rally in Teaneck. So, right. so that's one piece to it. And then at the same time, you wonder about the the um, international stage, and you're going to get into this in a moment. Obviously, it's at the very beginning of his sports career or of his, of his advanced sports career. Uh, where on the international stage, um, Jews are treated a certain way, 
And then years later, decades later, people who mistreated them try to make up for it. You know, you have in the book the, the Olympic Committee and how they dealt with him years later. That, that's a whole other topic about how people are dealt with, you know, on the spot and how, of course, people try to make up for it later on. But I'm saying to myself, my gosh, in the context of what's happening now in this country, it is so much easier than weeks ago for us to understand the type of life he went through. Well, let's understand something. The International Olympic Committee has never been favorably disposed towards Israel right. and towards Jews. Uh, and you know, of course, the tragedy, the atrocity of 1972, sure. where 11 Israeli athletes are murdered by Palestinian terrorists. And the decision of the IOC, led by uh, Avery Brundage, right. permit me to say Yamach Shemo, right. okay, says after one day ostensibly of mourning, the games must go on. But Avery Brundage has a long history of anti-Jewish and anti-minority behavior that goes all the way back to Marty Glickman in 1936, and believe it or not, goes back to 1912, not about a Jew, but about a Native American, uh, Jim Thorpe. Sure. Jim Thorpe in 1912 wins gold medals in the Stockholm Games, and then he loses his gold medals because they accuse him, perhaps truthfully, of, being uh, a pro. of playing some semi-pro right. uh, baseball. So who's there? The young Avery Brundage. Avery Brundage. He was leading the charge. He, he, well, he was part of the charge. He was an athlete, too, and he was part of that uh, attitude of Americans towards minority groups. So it has a resonance for today, certainly in terms of what we see around today. But before we get to the Olympics, right. what about the high school and college campuses that Marty had to go through? Okay, so the story of Marty Glickman as far as college campuses are concerned, is that he grows up in Flatbush um, in, I say, an ethnic cocoon. Who are his neighbors? Italians, Irish, Germans, no African-Americans. Couple of Orthodox Jews. We uh, but, suspect. Well, they're Orthodox Jews, but Marty Glickman sees himself as a cultural Jew. Right. Uh, I, I've studied the degree to which Jews deviate from Kashrut, so Marty Glickman's family is part of that story. Every time I tell these stories, I'm thinking not about Marty Glickman in sports, but about American Jewish history. So his family um, has what we call a kosher-style home, right. which means that no pork products, no shellfish, etc., but if he wanted a real kosher meal, he went across the hall to his grandparents who had a strictly kosher home, metaphorical about how Jews start moving away from kosher. Anyway, he goes to James Madison High School. How many percentage of Jews in James Madison? I can't give you the exact Over 90? Uh, 80 to 90% okay. Jewish, okay. okay? By the way, very little, there's no Jewish content in the school. Some Brooklyn schools have Hebrew as a regent's language, not James Madison, but they're high achievers and they want to go to college. So I studied uh, where these kids go to college. And they go to, the men go to City College. The young women go to Brooklyn College because Columbia and the Ivy League schools are off limits to right. them, except for one thing. Columbia has a back door. There's a sports metaphor. A back door, and that is a, a experimental college where they admit Jews and others. So there is a gr another great football player, and Marty Glickman's a great football player, a great runner. There's another great 
football player. His name is Sid Luckman. Sure. And he goes to Columbia through the back through the back door, and just as a sports piece, when they're in, with their seniors, the big game is a game between uh, Erasmus Hall, that's that's Luckman, and James Madison. They play at Ebbets Field. In front of twenty thousand fans, that's how big football was. College, uh, excuse me, high school football. Right. And Glickman's a running back or quarterback. He's a running back in a, uh, running back. So the dream was that he would go to Columbia, and you'd have uh, Luckman quarterback. He's the running back. Oh. They play both both ways. Right. He's also a safety. Right. Anyway. He goes to Syracuse. Why does he go to Syracuse University of all places? Syracuse University has has quotas against Jews, and Jewish students on campus have a very difficult time uh, socially in terms of fraternities, in terms of uh, fraternities and sororities. So why does Glickman go? Because a group of Jewish fraternity brothers from the the Sammies, they're called SAM fraternity, still around today, figure if we bring this great Jewish athlete to Syracuse and he wins football games for Syracuse. Look what it'll do for the whole Jewish world. It will help the entire Jewish community. Well, the truth of the matter is uh, Glickman becomes, I'll exhaust my knowledge of Latin, he becomes persona non grata honoris causa. In other words, he gets in, he does very well, he's applauded because he's bringing honor to the university. It doesn't change the patterns of quotas against schools. Now, there are some schools that are worse than Syracuse who don't even want Jewish athletes because they feel Jewish athletes are not the proper man for those institutions. Again, it's not about sports. It's about anti-Semitism. So until until he goes and he's a great runner and he qualifies for the Olympics, he's a decent football player college-wise, but he's a great runner. He's gonna. He goes to Berlin to compete in Adolf Hitler's games. Nineteen thirty-six. Nineteen thirty-six. August nineteen thirty-six. When he gets to Germany, he he's having a great time. He's among his own kind. Other athletes, by the way, rule number one about understanding sports and Jews. Okay, it's not whether you 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 win the game, but whether you're allowed to play right. that tells you whether you are accepted. Who was his Jewish teammate? Didn't he have a Jewish teammate? There's on that another team? Jewish runner named Sam Stoller. Right. So these guys are going to be both in, representing the USA. The USA. In the 1936 Olympics. Great Olympics. There, there are a couple of guys, Jewish guys who play uh, uh, baseball in an exhibition game and it's so boring for the German fans <laughs> they that don't they care. they walk out. They walk out. <laughs> but um they didn't care about baseball. <laughs> the, neither did the Germans, but it, before he gets to the event, what he calls the meeting, there is a couple of vignettes when he walks through the the, the Olympic village he sees these Nazis gods. He salutes them. They salute him. He talks some Yiddish to them. They speak German to him. Right. He's a very comfortable guy. Here's a Jew who doesn't understand what anti-Semitism is because, because he's an athlete, he skated away from all the anti-Semitism. Marty knew some Yiddish? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Uh, not only did he use Yiddish, but to jump ahead. When he was an announcer for the football giants and for the, the Knicks, he occasionally, and it's in his memoirs, he wrote three memoirs, which I read, he would throw in Yiddish uh, phrases. The Meshuggah just <laughs> ran for five yards. So Jewish listeners said, hey, listen, this is one of our guys who's broadcasting to all New Yorkers, 
but he also is proud of his Jewishness. He's not an observant Jew. Right. He's a cultural right. Jew. And he's, in some ways, he was quiet about it. it depends uh, on the uh, era that we're talking Very quiet about, about right. this. Okay, so he and Goldberg, Herman Goldberg, hitch a ride to go to the Olympic Stadium to watch some events. And who's driving? A lieutenant in the Wehrmacht. Okay, gives them a ride at the end, and he's thrilled. This German guy that these two athletes are with him. The end of the ride, he says, can I have your autographs? So they scribbled their names because they were afraid they could read Goldberg right. and Glickman. Everything's going great, except for one thing. A day before the race, and by the way, non-sports fans have to remember this, and I'm chagrined that so few people remember this, and so few people remember Avery Brundigemach, right. 1930s, in a day before the race, two days before his 18th birthday, in walk the, uh, the coaches, and they said, we heard a rumor, oh, he's supposed to run in the 4 by 100 meter relay race, the last race in the Olympics in front of 80,000 fans. And he's on, he, he qualifies. In walk the, the coaches, and they tell him, we heard a rumor that the Germans have been hiding some great runners, and therefore we have to have our best team. So Glickman and Stoller, you're out. Ralph Metcalf and Jesse Owens, you're in. You're off the team. So uh, Glickman says, you're never going to get away with this. Coaches say, we'll worry about that. Jesse Owens, to his credit, jumps up and says, hey, guys, I've got three gold. Three for, gold. For those who don't know, Jesse Owens was black, yeah. African-American. He wins three gold medals. Right. He says, I got three gold medals already. Let these boys run. The coaches say, boy, sit down. That's how African-Americans were referred to, right. and that's how athletes were treated back then. So they don't get a chance to run. Now, who's behind this? Avery Brundage, okay, who is a Nazi, an American Nazi. He Later on, he'll speak at a rally of the German-American Bund, okay? So this is his encounter with anti-Semitism. All of a sudden... So he insists that the Jews are off the team. Right. He tolerates the fact that black athletes are on the team, right? Obviously. Well, it's not obviously. There's a reason they tolerate the blacks. Because Jesse was the greatest at it? Because there were so many African Americans, you couldn't you right. couldn't you sideline eliminate everybody. all of them. Right. Right. So how did the Nazis project Jesse Owens? Well, all these black athletes are called American auxiliaries. They right. are slaves for their white masters to win gold medals for right. for america and by the way when owens gets back to new york a few weeks later and it's in the book and a lot of people know this there is a ticket take parade down fifth avenue right. honoring him and then there's a celebratory dinner in uh the waldorf astoria honoring jesse owens owens is there but to get to the main ballroom he has to go up the freight elevator says a lot about back door back door back door it says a lot about anti-semitism in 1936 but there's more america's one and only jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world the web and com on the Nahum Single network and of course on the beloved nsn app dr jeffrey gorox in our studio the book is called marty glickman the life of an american jewish sports legend don't forget this coming wednesday night dr gorox has a big book event going on at uh, temple israel in lawrence 140 central avenue in the five towns beginning at 7 30 p.m obviously the book will be for sale information to register etc and i'm highly recommending it a h friedman friedman with two e's a h friedman 142 at aol.com 
A.H. Friedman 142 at AOL.com. We should also mention the book is available everywhere at this point, right? Well, just show up. <laughs> right, just come. <laughs> yeah, I'd love but to. But the book's available, right? Like Amazon. Absolutely, and, and absolutely. I assume some of the Judaica stores must have it, I would yes, assume. Yes, Amazon. We're doing very well at Amazon, and uh, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very big in the five towns, so uh, uh, please they, show they up. They know you out there. What's Owen's, excuse me, what's Glickman's reaction? In other words, now he's back in the United States as well. Remember, you just told us he had just turned a during the Olympics. He's only an 18-year-old kid. Right. Is he despondent? Does he understand that the weight of the Jewish world is on his shoulders as he is kicked out of the Olympics? What is his... Yeah, it's, it's a good... How does he feel? You know what? It, it It's... He's very upset that not only do the general newspapers of the time uh, rally to his cause... They do. They, they don't. They, they do don't. not. They do not. But what's even worse is that the Jewish newspapers... The American Hebrew, the newspaper in Minneapolis, which had a sports section, they don't e- emphasize that. And in fact, one of the newspapers says, we're very proud that uh, that Glickman took this sidelining, as I called, as a man. And they don't... And didn't make a big deal And didn't it. make a big deal. And and the other piece of the story, which is controversial in the book, and I, but I have to tell the truth the way I saw it, right. for many years, Marty Glickman did not emphasize what happened to him for, as anti-Semitism. And I believe, in other words, he said, why, why, why did uh, they sideline me? Well, it was... Olympic politics, whatever that means. There was nepotism because the coaches wanted to have their runners uh, compete. He didn't take it as a Jewish thing. He doesn't emphasize the Jewishness until later on in his life. And that says a lot about where American Jews were at uh, in the 1930s. You know, he referred to what happened to him many times as a prequel to the Holocaust. Right. And uh, I was just going to ask you. Yeah, he would you. say it wasn't, no one died. Right. But, it, but he, under, he came to understand later on in his life that this was very, very important and emblematic. In, in a way, it's a quiet Kristallnacht. If, if people here today in the United States are using that phrase to describe the atmosphere here, and I know it's a stretch, obviously, thank God. But to him, that was a significant moment, even again, if it didn't include violence or, you know, God forbid, any type of, of killing, etc. Absolutely. I think one of the turning points personally for him and institutionally is in the early 1980s, he's invited back to Berlin right. because they're doing a... That was do- my reference to a, make, making up for things. A, a yeah. documentary on Jesse Owens. Right. And he goes to the Olympic Stadium. Same stadium. 80,000 empty seats. He looks up in the, the box where Hitler sat, where Goering sat, where Goebbels sat, all these bums, and he yells, I'm here, and, and you folks aren't here anymore. And then, the to their credit, the U.S. Uh, Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., they grab him and say, you know, you're a great athlete, a great broadcaster. You can be a great teacher, too. And the last 15 years of his life, he dies in 2001. Uh, he travels the country talking about what happened to him as a prequel to the Holocaust. In other words, if you want to understand where Jews are in the mind of the world, look at my experience. I was not killed. Right. Uh, I have to say one other thing, Nahum. Yeah. When he gets, because I can tell you a million stories. I know, we got to get to the other parts of his yeah, life. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> my kids say, uh, Papa, you got five stories and you keep repeating them. But th- but this is an important an important one. One of the, when he comes back to Syracuse, and he's 
he obviously graduates from Syracuse. Right. Uh, he's on the track team, and he goes to a meet in New Orleans. And one of the newspapers, not a Jewish newspaper, says, we wish him well as our white hope in New Orleans. My God. Could you imagine? He's a white hope. Right. It says a lot about the distinction between African-Americans and Jews. And you know, as my student, one of, one of my interests is African-American-Jewish sure. relations over the course of time. So that's one of his searing experiences as far as anti-Semitism is concerned. I got to ask you, is, is it reminiscent of the attitude we've seen from so many Holocaust survivors? They don't speak about things for 25 years and then eventually come out with information. Did that remind you of that or is it much different? different because he wasn't no, I, I think it reminds me to some extent of the greatest generation people right. who don't talk about world war right. ii but you who, get to the 80s and 90s and, and all of a sudden they open up right he becomes more and more aware of this and he also feels and i i interviewed a whole bunch of sports writers who knew him that no one was interested in listening to him at that time at that at that time and as you pointed out uh. He's only a kid right. in, in 1918. One other story. And he's not the great legendary sportscaster yet who has, not a, yet, who has not a forum yet. to say something. Right. So uh, one other early yeah. anti-Semitism <laughs> story. <laughs> I know. I, I'm going I'm to go on for hours here. Um, he goes back to New York, and he's invited by one of his Gentile friends to work out at the New York Athletic Club. And New York Athletic Club was off-limits to Jews, African-Americans, women, and the like. He gets to the door, and the director says, Marty, you can't come in here. He says, hey, I'm an Olympic athlete. You're a Jew. You can't be, you can't. What year do you think this was? 1936, right after Berlin. He's just. So even in New York, you're in, not comfortable. Well, the New York Jew. Athletic right. Club, here's my metaphor. Right. It's a wasp preserve. So I'd like to tell you, i tell everybody a family story. My late father was a wrestler, an amateur wrestler. Uh, and he wrestled for the 92nd Street YMHA, which was the Jewish sure. settlement house. Okay, Actually, he wrestled under an assumed name because he didn't want his mother to know that he's becoming a wrestler. Do you know what the name was? Jack Austin. I, I never asked my a father. Real, a nice, a nice gentleman. Well, 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 there's a, there's a guy out there named Stone Cold right. Steam Austin. He's not a relative of ours. <laughs> anyway, so we had in our home what we call the purloined towel. Because one time the New York Athletic Club wrestled against the Jewish Y at the New York AC. Right. And my father took a souvenir. He stole a towel, the purloined towel. Now, sadly, when my parents passed away and we undid the apartment, we couldn't find that towel. But it re reminded me of my father's own experience right. in terms of anti-Semitism. But up until now, he's an athlete right. who uh, and a Jew. But then he becomes a sportscaster. Now, um, did sportscasting have a no Jews allowed rule? Uh, was there an advantage that he was a serious, a Syracuse graduate? Because today we know all the great sports announcers in this country most come from Syracuse University. Was that a thing back then? Well, the, the fact that so many of these Syracuse announcers today who were, disciple, right. were disciples of Marty Glickman, um, one of the things was that in order to be an announcer, an important announcer, you had to change your name. Right. That was very important. For example, Larry King. 
Larry Perfect. King was not an announcer, but yeah. I always tell my audiences, did you oh, ever- Marv Albert. Mar- well, Marv Albert's a different story. Afruchtig. That's right. He yeah. had a strange name, which yeah. was hard. Uh, ask your audience, did you ever hear of Esau Danilovich? Who's that? That's Kirk Douglas. Wow. Cha- name change. Okay. So when Marty Glickman wants to be in the broadcasting business, he was told that Marty Glickman doesn't work on that scene. Right. You have to change your name to Marty Mann or Marty Manning. And he refused to do it. In fact, he critiqued one of his enemies, Howard Cosell. That Who Cosell. Did his name, no, right? but in fact, Cosell did not change his name. Wow. The, the, the name was changed by his parents. But the word was that Cosell changed his name in order to get right. you know, into the, the business. To get into business. And to do it properly, I, I point out that when Marty. Glickman wouldn't change his name. There's a young woman in the Bronx who's also pressured to change her name in order to make it in a different world. Her name is Bess Meyerson, wow. who in 1947 becomes the Miss one America. and only Jewish Miss America. And she says, I can't change my name. Everybody knows who I am. So that was very, very important. So he wants to be uh, an announcer and he won't change his name. So locally, He's very important. And again, all of us as kids uh, love listening to him. In fact, there's a story, it's footnoted. There was one of the uh, broadcast, one of the journalists who's passed away, his name was Vic Siegel. Yeah, I remember Vic Siegel. Vic Siegel. Daily News, right? Daily News. He went to the Salanti Yeshiva. Vic? Yeah, yeah. He he came from an Orthodox background. Wow. But when he was, uh, when he, he, one of his memoirs, he says, I had a real problem listening to Marty Glickman because he was broadcasting St. John's basketball <laughs> games. So how could I, as an Orthodox Jew, root for St. John's? But like Gorak opening the window and saying, Marty told me this. Anyway, that, that was Vic Siegel. But all, many of these, uh, one of the, many of these uh, announcers and journalists uh, spoke to me. They love sp- speaking to me, and I interviewed all of them about this. The saddest did, did, part. Did he ever have trouble? Did he? Did he yes, seamlessly he, get into the industry or not? Well, there was one major piece that he never achieved, and that is his. Go- one of his goals was to be a nationally recognized broadcaster right. to do the iconic game of the week. Right. So in 1946, when the NBA stat was established, it was the BAA initially. He's doing these games. The heads of the NBA, their names are Maurice Podoloff and Haskell Cohen. Two Jews say to him, we don't want you to do these games because we think that people in Peoria don't want to hear your voice. And you've got two problems. One, you have a Jewish name, and more importantly, you sound like Jeff Gurrock. You have a Bronx intonation, a right. Bronx dialect. You're a New Yorker. A New Yorker, okay? And gl- but for me, that's so powerful because sure. he's turned away here, not only by Gentiles, but by Jews who right. are afraid about Mayumruha Goyim. Right. What will the Gentiles say? So I, I think the Gentile audiences would have loved him. Of course. And his first job is St. John's? Is that his no, first? No, that's one of his jobs. What's his first announcing job? His first announcing job is doing college basketball for Madison Square, Madison Square Garden. He is the voice of, uh, in 1950, a City College, my alma mater, 
wins the double championship. Right. They win NIT, the and NCAA. And the NCAA. And he's the announcer. He's the announcer. And then in 51, you have that terrible scandal sure. where the first points uh, shaving scandal, right. and he's the announcer. And he says in one of his memoirs, I knew these guys. They came from the neighborhood. We drank malted milks together. I felt like... Our world collapsed because in 1950, they had beaten, this is wonderful, City College basketball team. The starting team had three Jews and two African-Americans. Along the way to the championship, they beat the University of Kentucky. Coached by Adolf Rupp. Adolf Rupp. Adolf Rupp comes to a city of Jews and blacks, and we beat the heck out of him. And Glickman is so proud. We're all so proud. City College cancels classes. We're so proud. And then 51, you have this debacle, and it hurts him very deeply. What percentage of the point-shaving scandal were Jews? What percentage of the people involved were Jewish? Well. uh, Significant or 20%? Significant. We don't have numbers. Maybe more than 50%? Yes. Okay. So there's another another (laughs) wonderful book by a friend named Matthew Goodman called this The the City Game about this whole scandal. So the point shaving was done by everyone. Everyone. And they learn how to cheat in the Borscht Belt Basketball League's. They all played up there. Which Marty was the announcer for also. No, right? he, n- n- he wasn't. Oh, he's the announcer, yes. Yeah. All these guys played right. that. Okay. Will Chamberlain was up there. Will Ch- there's a picture of Will sure. Chamberlain with eight suitcases, right? right? The bellhop. Okay. So the while, <laughs> while they're up there, they're induced by by organized crime figures who right. say, listen, everybody's making money. Why don't you make a couple of bucks? Right. So we believe as Jews and others that, a, that Frank Hogan who was the uh, district attorney for Manhattan and a good Catholic, was told by a very powerful uh, Cardinal Spellman, don't go after Fordham, don't go after St. John's, don't go after Bob Cousy, go go after NYU, LIU, CCNY. What do LIU, CCNY, and NYU have in common? Jews. They're not Catholics. Right. Not, not oh, Catholic, they're not Catholics. Not Catholics. Right. Another personal thing, you know this, one of my mentors in my life was Marvin Hershkowitz. Sure. Marvin, oh. Her- Marvin Hershkowitz was Did the- I love him? We all loved him. <laughs> in fact, I just had lunch with his, his son, Stewie, wow. a couple of weeks ago. Marvin Hershkowitz was on the freshman team that a year later would win the championships and a year later involved in the scandal. He becomes religious. He realizes, and he's a great player. He realizes... Arguably one of the greatest Jewish players ever. Well, Coach Saracek said of all the great players, all the players he had at Yeshiva, Marvin was the best. And we could discuss that right. forever in a different... <laughs> right. And get Irv Bader in here, we'll discuss it for another I, week. I think, I think Irving would say Marvin as well. Okay, be that as it may. Uh, but the point is that this was Marvin comes to Yeshiva. And he once said to me, you know, had, had I stayed at City College... He would have been there for it. I might have I might have been involved with it right. too. It was such a terrible and, and and anybody who knows Marv knows that he's the most straight laced person and such a bench. And the yeah, last thing you would have wanted was to be involved. Yeah, but these like guys, uh, Ed Warner, who was another great a great black player, they found a hundred bucks in his in a shoe in, in a shoe box in his mother's tenement in Harlem. But this oh, and Marvin said to me, if this had to d- happen today, oh, gosh. Uh, the ball players would have said. 
Three words, call my lawyer. <laughs> These kids were frightened, and it was a terrible thing, and it, it hurt Marty Glickman because, look. He took he, it personally. He's He was our announcer. He was the Jew he, out there. He said, he said, and it's in the book, he said that, uh, for me, I'm as New York as possible. And again, he's using Yiddish phrases. Right. We're very proud of him. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, again, it's a story about a, uh, a second-generation Jew who's trying to make it uh, in America. And with that background of Berlin, it makes it just, I mean, right. the guy's the entire package. He, he, he gives you everything you need to know about modern Jewish history. Uh, well, a lot At about, least in this country. A lot about modern. Right. So the book's been out since, you know, October 3rd. Right. And it, it was the first couple of days. It was just moving great. Then something got in the way. It's called this war that we're, right. we're so worried about on an ongoing basis. And uh, for myself, uh, we went to the march in Washington, D.C. I've got a close colleague who teaches American Jewish history at Bar-Ilan University. He's got four kids in the Army. I call him almost every day. Thank God they're doing okay. But, you know, we worry. Of course. You know. But I, I, if we have one more moment, sure. uh, uh, one other story. So the book comes out. And before the book, I sent a copies to you and a few other important people. I sent a copy to a young conservative rabbi in Los Angeles. His name is Erez Sherman. Okay. Uh, actually, he just took over a very prestigious pulpit that was occupied by David Wolpe. Sure. Okay. So he was invited to speak to the USC, University of Southern California track team. Right that was about to go to Auschwitz on a consciousness-raising tour. This is August 2023. Oh, wow. A month before before the book came out. Yeah. So he takes the the galleys with him, and he makes a speech about it. And he tells them the following piece. In 1936, one of the track coaches, his name was Dean Cromwell, an associate of Avery Brundage, so he was the coach of USC, mm-hmm. and it was known in the L.A. Jewish community that if you're an athlete, don't go to USC because of Dean Cromwell. So now, 2023, you athletes, most of them African-American, none of them Jewish, are going to Auschwitz. And for me, you know, people say, how, how important is this book to me? Well, this is one of the more important things about the book, and I say that as bad as the situation is today, you know— it, it, it's it's very nice to hear this sort of thing. The Dean Cromwell is dead. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, I don't know the name of the coach, but he took his team to Auschwitz and he had a rabbi. And I was told recently at a conference by a professor who's now at USC that recently they took Dean Cromwell's name off the track. So I think this is has resonance for the book. And I love telling that story. And I'm... I'm proud of what I do, but I'm very proud of that story as well. Uh, well, as, as you've heard me say, I think it's amazing. And 25 books later. <laughs> right, right. 25 books, Dr. Gorak. Pretty right. amazing. Well, again, uh, here, I, here we are talking about Marty Glickman. I've been at it, for, I said, for 48 years at Yeshiva, and I've had so many wonderful students. In fact, every semester I teach uh, children of students of mine and two years ago a kid shows up and says professor you taught my grandmother which is you know it's wonderful it's also very frightening right uh, thank god i'm doing this and uh, i'm sure you told the kid it's a fraudulent claim it's impossible no no (laughs) i I, I, I actually i actually remembered her i was 26 years old she must have been 
24 years old, and uh, uh, thank and God. Were, and you were the professor. And I'm, I was already a professor, yes. Um, Dr. Jeffrey Gorak, the book is called Marty Glickman. Get it for all the reasons that I mentioned, especially, and you know what I mean by this. I grew up thirsting for Jewish sports hero information. I mean, if I told you what I was like as a kid, every time I came across the uh, the sticker books of Jewish sports heroes, sure. the Dave Kufeld stuff, which I'm sure you appreciate that I... Well, I coached Dave Kufeld with but, Johnny Halpert, but, yes. But for a kid like me, even till today, Kufeld is, is one of our greatest supporters here, and he's the person who trained me on how to do this. 40 years later, right. I feel like I'm standing with my basketball legend who worked together. I love it, and you know what that's right. all about. Oh, by the way, uh, Glickman had one connection to Yeshiva, and that is, and to Marvin Hershkowitz, and that is when Marvin played for, for YU, uh, the, one of the newspapers decided to have a polling fans right. for an all-city team. And Stewie Hershkowitz told me that uh, Yeshiva students, bless their hearts, s- stuffed the ballot boxes so <laughs> Marvin Marv. would win. But when he won that award, who presented the award? Marty? Marty Glickman. So that's... that's There's the, no, no photo of that, is yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, is no. There? You know, I never met Marty Glickman, unfortunately. Right. Right. The book ends with the story that a few weeks before he passed away in 2001... Um, I was asked by the American Jewish Historical Society, I was the chair of the Academic Council, and uh, also known back then as the sports guy, to moderate a discussion with Marty Glickman, uh, and he didn't show up. He was too sick, and he passed away. So this is not a celebratory book. It's a serious book. But in a way, I feel that um, uh, doing this book, I got a chance retrospectively to, to say to Marty, uh, what I thought of him, how important he was as an announcer, as an athlete, and most importantly, as an American Jew. You can meet Dr. Jeffrey Gorak this coming Wednesday night, and you can thank him personally for being Nahum Siegel's mentor <laughs> at the book and author event that's happening Wednesday evening at Temple Israel at 140 Central Avenue in the Five Towns. It'll begin at 7.30, and as we get closer, I will keep this information and let everyone know how to register for the event. I cannot recommend the book highly enough. If you know, uh, seriously, a kid or even an adult in the community who who wants to read about a real Jewish sports legend. As you said, it's a, uh, it's, it's a book much more than, than about sports, but you, you, you get the reason why I'm saying and that. And it is day before Hanukkah. Erev Hanukkah. Well, the significance... Right, right before Hanukkah. Right. It, the significance of Hanukkah is, in many respects, it's the first encounter Jews have with the world of sports. Right. Right? Although, ironically, the Maccabees are anti-sports, right. right? The Hashemonim are anti-sports. So the question I ask all my audience is, why in the world does Yeshiva University call <laughs> our team the Maccabees? Maccabees? We should be the non-Maccabees. Right. And the answer is... That it's not about sports. No, no. In 1898, at the Second Zionist Congress, Dr. Max Nordau said that in we should be muscular Jews... Okay, and he he coined the phrase "We should be Maccabees." Okay, who compete against the world on the athletic field right. at a time where, in many sports clubs around the world, Jews couldn't be members. Right. And someday, with our own army, thank God we have an army now that protects us, right. not only in Israel but Certainly by analogy to us all over the world. So we got to call us, we have to call ourselves the Maccabees. So it's an appropriate name. But historically, the story of Hanukkah is uh, maintain, maintaining or abandoning your Jewish identity 
to make it in the world, the ancient world, not the modern world. So one of my 25 books was a book I wrote about 15 years ago, and I think you interviewed me, called Judaism's Encounter with American Sports, sure. and it opens with the story of, uh, of the Maccabees. Right. So we're very, we're very proud of the Maccabees, and uh, I, I said recently, you know, we've been blessed the last couple of years to have a pretty good basketball team, they tell me. We've had a good, pretty good, some yes, good players, have. right? <laughs> yes, so have. people say to Ryan me- Ryan Terrell's the Marty Glickman of today. <laughs> no, he's not. No, well, you no, know what I mean no, Marty, no, here's- Here's the significance for me of our success in, with the basketball team, okay? It, listen, I'm taking nothing away from Ryan Terrell, all these other guys, uh, Gabe Leifer. Uh, uh, you, can, you can rattle off the names. For me, ultimately, the most significant story is the fact that when we made the big, the small big dance, Division Three, right. I think three times we've made it, right. the opening game took place when? Erev Shabbos. N- 12 noon. Right. On Friday. Not 8 o'clock at night. Correct. Okay. Because they moved it, because they moved the the, the set schedule so that the, to accommodate Yeshiva's Maccabees. That's a heck of a story. That's and it's sure. not a Jewish story. Right. Because there's another team in America that has a Y on its helmet. It's called Brigham, Brigham Young. Young. They also won't play on their Shabbos. Right. So, again, I've made this joke that the NCAA has more rules than the Shulchan Aruch, okay? <laughs> but, they, they, but listen, it, it's a moment of pride for us right. in terms of acceptance. Remember I said an hour ago when we started this discussion that the importance is not whether you win the game, but whether you're allowed to play, right. okay? And that's very important. And now, not only can we play, we can play at the time that we're allowed to play. You're allowed to play. There's, there's this type of accommodation. I'm here 40 years. If, if you are, in fact, my mentor, then you get some of the credit for that. So I will say thank you to you on behalf of my entire audience. Well, listen, I, I've said this publicly and many times privately. I, I'm very proud of what you've done for Thank the Jewish community and continue to do for the Jewish community. You are our sports rabbi in, <laughs> in, in many respects. And, and JM and the AM and now Nakam Segal Network doing important things, particularly during this time where every voice that we can hear that's supportive of our people, both here and in Eretz Israel, is so important. So uh, on my list of famous students you're you're you know an all-american top, for, top 25 <laughs> top, uh, more than top 25 anyway thank you dr garak and Mazaltov on the book thank you so much i hope everyone's hanukkah will be enhanced by purchasing this everyone get it it's called marty glickman the life of an american jewish sports legend we have enjoyed and i say that with tremendous enthusiasm all this time this morning with the great dr jeffrey gorak at jm in the a.m
Eli Seidenfeld calls that the Achenu medley here at JM in the AM. Thursday morning broadcast. My thanks to those of you who have contributed to our year-end campaign, Tadaraba. That campaign continues in honor of our 40th anniversary. Today's the final day of November, so we have about a month to go. But don't wait. Do not wait. Give and give generously. Oh, I would love to get the double high by tomorrow morning. Can we do that? We're uh, just under 32,000. That'd be amazing if we can get to 36 by tomorrow. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Thank you to Sharon and Franklin Spurn. Thank you to Yehuda Cohen, who uh, contributed $100 all the way from Toronto, Canada. Much appreciated. And those of you who want to give, and I hope you'll give generously, go to fjbunity.org. If you want the autographed copy of my book, it's a $360 donation. Again, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org for all the info. Uh, my thanks to Dr. Gurak. Book about Marty Glickman. I'm so glad we got the conversation done here at JMAM after we had postponed it from early October. Um, those of you who are... Uh, Used to going to artscroll.com, you know if you use promo code radio, you save, save, save with free shipping and a major discount every single time. And a whole bunch of their incredible Hanukkah items are now on sale. They, in fact, have a 20% off deal on everything through December the 18th. But again, with promo code radio, you'll get free shipping on any amount. Go to artscroll.com, order away, and make sure to use promo code radio. Again, artscroll.com, you know the rule, always use Promo code radio. Simple as that. Can't make it any simpler than that. Can't make it any clearer. Oh, by the way, I heard from Rabbi Hopkowitz, and it's the young Israel of Hewlett that's presenting Nisim Black in a live show uh, that's taking place uh, December the 2nd, uh, 8 p.m. at the Tilly Center at LIU, 720 Northern Boulevard in Brookville, New York. Uh, and he says that the easiest way to support the cause and to purchase tickets for the Nissan Black concert this coming Saturday night is either the Ticketmaster.com uh, website or you can click on the sponsor link at yiulit.org. You'll see all the information about a Shabbos of Chizuk featuring Nissan Black and then the concert Saturday night. Again, it's YI for Young Israel, yiulit.org, yiulit.org. Nissan Black is coming to Long Island and um, and um, and you are invited. Yeah, you're invited for Shabbos and you're to Young Israel of Yulit and you're invited for Saturday night. Ah, yes, 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 you are invited. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. You want delicious and incredibly satisfying um, kosher meat items, including their incredible hot dogs and wonderful salami. Go to the uh, kosherdogs.net website and save 10% when you use promo code radio, kosherdogs.net. You know what we always say, try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. And for those of you who are getting ready for next week for Shabbos Hanukkah, because remember, Hanukkah begins a week from tonight. If you're getting ready for Shabbos Hanukkah, remember, remember that Erev Shabbos Hanukkah, when people arrive at your home, you want to have an A&H Hasselback Salami ready so people can enjoy a pre-Shabbos treat. That's our recommendation, and trust me, I know what I'm talking about. More coming up. It's Thursday. Today, today of course, we have to continue to acknowledge and remember, remember the three of our 
incredible civilians in Israel, uh, one of the Dayanim down in Ashdod, one of the uh, principals of Beis Yaakov, and a young lady, 24 years old, from Harnov, all killed in that terror attack in Yerushalayim. Thank God the enemy in that case, were, were they, they were both neutralized by civilians and uh, security personnel who were armed. Uh, but um, the actions of the enemies that uh, got so much attention on October 7th, those same actions continue today. May not be on the same scale, but they, uh, but they are still on murderous rampages in the heart of Jerusalem on a day like today. Let's keep that in mind. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
ראיתי מכל החסדים ומכל האמת אשר עשית את עבדך. קטונתי מכל החסדים ומכל האמת אשר עשית את עבדך. קטונתי מכל החסדים ומכל J.M. and the A.M. words from this week's Parsha. I have a feeling that song's going to work its way into the uh, Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek later tonight, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I just have a feeling. <laughs> and who could blame Mark? Maybe he'll even do the Ari Goldwag cover 
which I think is done a cappella style, right, if I'm not mistaken. Yehuda before that with Sur Yisrael. JM&AM, good morning. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Yeah. Uh, Shira's mom wants to know if Dr. Gorak's book is geared to children of 12 years old. I think so. A, a kid that uh, is interested in sports and interested in modern Jewish history. It's a great book for them, 100%. Um, well, Dvar Leitner says, he was, even though she doesn't know much about sports, she enjoyed the conversation. I like that. Thank you. Or by Cash says, great interview and great book. Thank you. Um, the name of the book? The name of the book is Marty Glickman. The Life of an American Jewish Sports Legend, Marty Glickman. Um, the book sign, uh, Shira's mom wants to know about the book signing. The book signing is happening. What did I do with that? <laughs> oh, here it is. <laughs> Drowning in information here. The book signing is happening on Wednesday night, the night before Hanukkah, at Temple Israel in Lawrence, 140 Central Avenue in the Five Towns. And that'll start at 730. Um, and the author okay wow this person says please give the complete name of the book you just discussed and the correct spelling of the author's name the book is marty glickman the life of an american jewish sports legend and it's written by jeffrey s gurak g-u-r-o-c-k g-u-r-o-c-k he has one of the approbations on the back of the book is from marv albert i wanted to discuss that with him and i didn't that's what happens when you start running out of time in these conversations. All right. Is what it is, right? Jam in the AM, good morning. Final day of November. Those of you who haven't yet given to our year-end campaign, please consider a donation. Don't forget, for 360 you'll receive, uh, once it's available, you'll receive my, uh, my an autographed copy of my book, which I'm looking forward to releasing. Bezrat Hashem. Um, tomorrow, a regular Friday, so to speak, here at JM and the AM, we'll have uh, Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin discuss Parshas Vayishlach. We will have Malcolm Holmline on with a weekly update. He is scheduled to be with us tomorrow. And um, those are all reasons enough for you to tune in. I also wanted to go through today's schedule. Today is Thursday, and you know what that means. It means a full schedule at the Nachum Siegel Network. Charlie Harari is next. The topic is the power of today. Allison Joseph with Lara Diamond, the president of the Jewish Genealogy Society of Maryland and creator of Lara's Genealogy blog, Jew, J-E-W, Genealogy blog. That's live with Miriam Al-Wallach. We'll feature the work of Leket. It's a brand new interview that's taking place today starting at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Miriam Al-Wallach and that's life. Great to welcome Miriam back to the fold of uh, fresh new programming. Thursday Live Lunch with Yossi Zweig starts at 11 o'clock. Throwback Thursday at 1 o'clock. The Kosher Terroir with Simon Jacob. Yisrael Flum, the chief winemaker at Carmel, is going to be Simon's guest at 6.30 tonight. Erev Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek, as we said, is sponsored by Kedem at 7 p.m. tonight and again at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. tomorrow. And Tani Talks Parsha, Tani Gutterman on Parsha's Vayishlach tonight at 10 p.m. It's all on NSN, literally, as we always say, but boy, do I prove it every time I go through the schedule. Literally, no reason to touch that dial. Literally keep it here all day long. 
you'll be glad you it'll be one of the best decisions you've made all day wow what a statement Siegel yeah I know that is a pretty that is a pretty bold statement frankly um the email to make reservations for the book signing in Long Island someone just asked on the app the email is uh you're writing to um you're writing to Alan you're writing to Alan and the email is a h Friedman f r e e d m a n 142 at aol.com again it's a h friedman initial a initial h and then friedman f-r-e-e-d-m-a-n 142 at aol.com all right the number one the number four the number two at aol.com by the way i want to wish a mazel tov to Lori and dr joe rosazada Got an amazing text last night. I wish we could have joined them in West Orange, New Jersey for the big Simcha. Um, got an amazing text. Here it is. Here it is. With tremendous gratitude to Hashem Yitbarach, we announce the engagement of our dear son, Ike, to Sophie. Ike Rosazada, Kala Sophie, Mazal Tov to you and your families, of course. And a special Mazal Tov to Lori and Joe. The Big L'chaim was last night. Mazal Tov Mabruk from all of us here at JM in the AM. That is amazing news. Absolutely amazing news. Wow. And yeah, exactly. People like me are like, oh boy, am I getting old. Ike's already a chatan. Boy, am I getting old. <laughs> Just, just another reminder. JM in the AM, it's a Thursday morning broadcast. And I thank you all for tuning in. This is a uh, this is a Danny Palgon selection, very popular over the last few weeks. I'm Yisrael Chai at JM in the AM. Rise up united, rise up. 
We will get through this as one. Now, even in the darkest moments, I'm your soul perseveres through it all. Even when the world seems broken, even when the tears don't seem to dry, we will rise above, we will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Chai Even when the pain feels so heavy Even when it's hard to see the light We will rise above We will stand as one I'm Yisrael Even when the tears don't seem to dry, we will rise above, we will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Chai. Even when the world seems broken, even when the tears don't seem to dry, we will rise above, we will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Chai. Even when the pain feels so heavy, even when it's hard to see the light, we will rise above, we will stand as one. I'm Kalachai wrapping up our Thursday JM in the AM. A reminder, if you want to contribute to our year-end campaign by Zell, the email address and the Zell address is fjb5776 at gmail.com, fjb5776 at gmail.com. If you want to give an old traditional check, uh, the address is Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. That's how the check is made payable, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York, New York, 1002. It's 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York, New York, 1002. I think tomorrow, if we make a big push, it's a Friday tomorrow. Maybe I'll ask Simon to join me tomorrow. I think with a big push, we can get to 36 tomorrow. We can get the double high, which would be great to start off December and wrap up the uh, first couple of days of our fundraiser. Let's see if we could do it. Give and give generously at fjbunity.org. My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and on the NachumSigl Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. If you don't receive our daily thread or our weekly newsletter, make sure to contact Avrami AF at NachumSigl.com. Again, 
AF at NahumSiegel.com. Please share the FJBUnity.org address with your friends and family and ask them to join in and support us during our year-end campaign. Pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel. My thanks to Dr. Jeffrey Gurak. The book is called Marty Glickman. Everybody should get it. Really good read. And uh, have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.